1: John warns Gaius, man, don't be like Diotrephes. Don't let him suck you into his evil ways by trying to match evil for evil. How easy that is sometimes in in our flesh. We see somebody doing something wrong, we're going to do something wrong against them. I'll fix them. I'll I'll, I'll go say something about them. I'll I'll post some really bad stuff on social media about them, and that'll tear them up. We're so quick to do that.
0: There are many times in life where we let the evil acts of others suck us into acting like them. I see this every day in my children, one child pinching another because the first took their toy. In Pastor David's message today, we are encouraged not to repay evil with evil. In 3 John, we read, He who does good is of God, but he who does evil has not seen God. If you are not walking in the truth, can you say that you are of God? No. No. A life that is truly changed by God lives a life of glory for God, not evil. Now here's Pastor David in the book of Third John as he continues his message, Encourage, to condemn, to commend.
1: in other words if somebody came from my community to go and visit you and you treated them very well you're actually extending hospitality to my whole community and then now my community is going to be friendly with your community the opposite is true too if i send somebody to your community and you mistreat them guess what my community is going to feel toward your community that attack and that division there so Bearing that in mind, he goes on. It was to the stranger's own community that they were obliged to sing the praises of their hosts if they treated them well. And that's why John even writes here, hey, when they got back, man, they sang your praises. They declared you know, these things to the church. Again, just a Middle Eastern custom. Said that they would sing the praises of the host if they had been treated well and to which they would report adversely if they had not been welcomed properly. And we're going to look at that in a moment. He goes on to say communities who repay hospitality to strangers from another community, they will pay hospitality to strangers from another community if that community had treated their own people well. Letters of recommendation were important in this whole matter of hospitality. Their function was to help divest the stranger of his strangeness. I love that. You go in and say, I don't know you from Adam. Oh, but I've got a letter from somebody you do know. Oh, hey, come on in, man. Come on in, sit at the table. To refuse, catch this, to refuse to accept those recommended was to dishonor the one who commended them. And in the Mediterranean culture of the first century, the one dishonored had to seek satisfaction or bear the shame heaped upon him by the refusal of his commendation. Now, bearing that in mind, let's begin in verse 9. John continues on writing. He says, I wrote to the church. A letter of commendation. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to have the preeminence among them, does not receive us. Therefore, if I come, I will call to mind his deeds, which he does, prating against us. In other words, gossiping against us with malicious words. And not content with that, he himself does not receive the brethren and forbids those who wish to, putting them out of the church. Man, these short two verses, that's where, this is where the biggest drama comes in this whole drama scene here. Man, this uh what's going on in his head, in his, definitely in his spirit. We don't have the whole of the issue here. We don't know all that happened. But I believe that we have enough of what's going on to help us to kind of correctly fill in some blanks without getting too far off course. Rather or not, the church that Gaius was a part of was also the church that John writes to. We're not really for certain. We don't know if there were two different ones, but Gaius knew about Diotrephes. We don't know for sure. Who exactly uh, Diotrephes is, again, not real certain on that. Was he a pastor? Was he an elder? Was he somebody that just kind of took leadership within the church, didn't really have a title? We just don't know. But there are some things that kind of help us to, again, draw some conclusions that, again, once again, shouldn't be too far off the mark. Apparently, John had written a letter of recommendation or commendation to a church as some of these brothers were traveling through the area. Contents of the letter, we really don't have any clues. But apparently, Diotrephes just simply rejected the letter right out, rejected the message of the letter. John does speak of some of these brethren that, again, uh, they, they also, they were not received personally by Diotrephes and perhaps, again, that, that letter just was to introduce them, and he rejected the letter, he rejected these guys, and, and that's just the kind of person that he was. There seems to be a, a, a very rebellious, a very kind of a contentious streak about this Diotrephes. And as we just read, these letters of recommendation, they were important in the matters of hospitality. Their function, remember, was to help divest the stranger of his strangeness. Uh, And then once again, he had also said to refuse to accept that recommended. uh, Those recommended, again, was to dishonor the one who commended them. So right here, Diotrephes, with, with, with rejecting John's letter... And then rejecting the people that John is commending to the church, he's saying, John, I don't care about you one bit. As a matter of fact, John, I'm the one in charge here and not you. you got to think, well, who are you talking to here, man? You're talking to John the Apostle. The guy, the guy by now, man, he's been, he's been serving the Lord for years and years and years, you know, influential within the church all over and to served the Lord in such a powerful way. Now, this Diotrephes, whoever he is, and, and it's interesting, he's, he's got a, a Greek name, so he's not a Jewish convert, so he probably has absolutely no care about any of the background of, of John or Judaism at that point in time. This letter being sent out, Diotrephes, he rejects it. He rejects then the authority of the elder, the, the apostle John. Whatever Diotrephes' position was there at the church, He had definitely, as John writes, he had definitely put himself to have a place of preeminence among everybody. He thought himself was something, okay? He was puffed up, and again, he felt that he was in control. Maybe he was the leader of a church there, but then even at that, to cause that division from the apostle John from the Mediterranean culture, from everything that's going on there. Man, this guy just had a major, major pride issue going on, rejecting the letter, rejecting the apostle, rejecting these visiting brothers. Little doubt, but that Diotrephes, in whatever kind of personality traits he had, he had undoubtedly coerced some of the others within that church to allow him to be able to have that kind of authority. As you just don't walk in and say, hey, I'm in charge here, unless you've got a really bunch of lame people that, that don't care about anything. Somehow he came in, whether it be his personality style or whatever it is, and he set himself up as this authority. And now he's the one that's stopping the letter, stopping the apostle, stopping these brothers from coming in. Others within the church would either have to Except his ego-driven personality. Uh, they would have had to have submitted, no doubt. This isn't the first time his pride and his ego rose up in the thing. They, they would have had to been submitted to that. Otherwise, he, he wouldn't have been able to have that kind of authority continually. So people were letting him be abusive in that way, and they continued under that authority. Guys, that is such a horrible horrible position for a church to get into. Abusive leadership should never be tolerated, ever. And again, whether it be in the first century or the 21st century, should never, ever be tolerated. In the rejection of the letter, in his rejection of the apostle, in his rejection of these visiting brothers, Diotrephes places himself above all all of them, looking for his own glorification, putting himself in that position of authority. And we also read, again, that, that gossiping with these malicious words, undoubtedly trying to build his case with, a, uh, again, this, this already way too submissive church body. Way too submissive church body. His attitude has uh, is, is already caused a, a spirit of separation this spirit of, of division from the rest of the body of Christ. I hate seeing churches that are on an island in and of themselves. And they neither care nor do they reach out to other fellowships within the area. Are we, are we different in, in areas of, of, of structure? Yes. Are there areas of doctrine we may differ in? Certainly. Is our worship, perchance, different, maybe peculiar for them or they're peculiar for us? Certainly. But you know what? If the message of that church is that salvation is through faith in Christ and in Christ alone, through no other thing but, again, through the work of Jesus Christ, man, we can look at them as a brother and a sister in Christ. And we don't separate out and say, it's just us four and no more because again, we are part of the great body of Christ. I have many brothers in ministry here in this city, and again, I'm encouraged by them. Uh, We chide each other for the way that we do ministry in a friendly and in a loving way, kind of uh, back and forth, because again, because of our love for each other, our, our, our encouragement to one another. There's good brothers, there's good ministries in this town. I don't think That Diotrephes was the kind of guy that would be involved with other fellowships. He is in and of his self. And again, that that division, that separation from the rest of the body of Christ. And that's why John tells Gaius here that, you know what? I'm going to take care of that situation personally. When I get there, I'm going to take care of this. Look what he says, verse 10. Therefore, if I come, I'm going to call to mind his deeds, which he does. Pratting against us with malicious words and not content with that, he himself does not receive the brethren and forbids those who wish to, putting them out of the church. Can you imagine when John gets to town and say, Diotrephes is the pastor of this church? I mean, my brain goes this way. So, you know, it's like Sunday morning and they've got church up there. And Diotrephes, he's huffing and puffing and snorting and shouting, you know, to, to the best of his ability before this congregation. And in through the back door walks the Apostle John. I think suddenly a lot of air is going to be drifting out of Diotrephes. When suddenly the Apostle John comes in, and pro- who's that? Ooh, that's the Apostle John. You're kidding. What's he doing here? And suddenly it would probably get around the congregation pretty quick. The Apostle John has come. I want to speak to the congregation for a moment. And suddenly all the color goes out of Diotrephes. I could just imagine that scene. And I believe that John would do it. John warns Gaius, man, don't be like Diotrephes. Don't let him suck you into his evil ways by trying to match evil for evil. And How easy that is sometimes in, in our flesh. We see somebody doing something wrong. We're going to do something wrong against them. I'll fix them. I'll, I'll, I'll go say something about them. I'll, I'll post some really bad stuff on social media about them, and that'll tear them up. We're so quick to do that. He said, no, 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 don't do that. Look what he says in verse 11. John writing to guys, he says, beloved Do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He who does good is of God. But he who does evil has not seen God. I think John pretty plainly kind of lays out the situation for the atrophies. Pretty much so. He who does evil has not seen God. I don't care what position you hold where. I don't care what degree you hold from where. If you're not walking in the truth, can you really say that you are of God? No, I don't believe so. And we see over and over. I mean, that, that's, that seems to be the theme of these letters of John, from First John now all the way to 3 John. This whole idea, what does it look like? What is that, again, that call of true Christianity? Is it because you signed your name on on a paper someplace, or you joined a particular church or organization? No, it's a life. It's a life that's been changed, changed to the glory of God and being lived for the glory of God. That's where the change comes. Even as Jesus himself declared in Luke 6, he says, a good tree, a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor Does a bad tree bear good fruit? For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. I think Diotrephes was speaking volumes, and it showed exactly where his heart was. His heart wasn't God's. Diotrephes, even though he was an apparent leader of the church, he doesn't show any of the fruits of being a believer. Just as John writes, in full accord with what Jesus declared, John says, He who does evil has not seen God. So John finishes up this short letter, and fortunately he ends on a positive note, and he ends on a commendation for a good brother, a good brother who has a good testimony of Christ in his life. The complete opposite of Diotrephes is this young man, Demetrius. Demetrius, verse 12, has a good testimony from all, and from the truth itself. Now, guys, when your life is measured against the truth itself, where does your testimony fall? For Demetrius here says, man, he's got a good testimony from everybody and even from the truth itself. And we also bear witness. And, guys, you know that our testimony is true. So, John knows this Demetrius. And some say that's very possibly. Demetrius is the one that was the carrier of this letter to Gaius. He said, man, Gaius, the guy that's standing right there as you're opening this letter, man, he has a good testimony. I just want to let you know, I'm commending him to you. He's a good guy, Uh, man, good testimony from all, uh, even from the truth itself. Listen, I'm I'm giving you my testimony for this young man, and you know, if I give you that testimony, I'm, I'm giving you my true word. We don't know anything else about Demetrius, other than what we read right there in that short verse. Again, but apparently the apostle knew him, John knew him. In the context of what we read right here, Gaius is either meeting him for the first time and is going to get to know him, or maybe he was familiar with him before, we don't know. But what I want you to see here is not only that Demetrius has this good testimony from all and from the truth itself, But there is nothing, apparently, in this man's life that can be spoken against him. My guy's got a great testimony to everybody. Man, he's got a good testimony to everybody. His life, he just lives it right, and everybody that knows him sees that, and they declare, no, this is a good guy. This is a good guy. But you know what? I wonder how much the world really knew his name. We really don't know his name other than just his name right here. And although the world may not know your name, guys, the Lord has plans on giving you a new name anyway. Rather, the world knows your name or not. And if the only place that your name ever gets published is in that Lamb's Book of Life, Guys, you got reason for rejoicing. Nobody else knows you in the world. God knows you. He's got your name. John had a lot to say. But just like in 2 John, it's almost the exact same thing he wrote in the closing words of 2 John. A lot of things he wanted to say, but he didn't want to write it in like just a a text message. or I'm not going to send you an email on this. No, I, I want to be there personally. I want to talk to you personally. Look what he says there in verse 13. I had many things to write, and I'm sure he did, especially thinking about the atrophies. i 'm sure his man his pen could have been on fire, but maybe he also knew that maybe I need to back down a notch too i don't want to I, I do not wish to write to you with pen and ink, but I hope to see you shortly. We shall speak face to face I think that Probably John was looking forward to that. Yeah, there was going to be an issue with diotrophies. Yeah, you don't look forward to conflict. I don't care who you are. You don't look forward to conflict. But I believe that John was looking forward to be able to come and spend some time with his friend, Gaius. I look forward to that time. I hope to see you shortly. We'll speak face to face. So peace to you. Oh, by the way, our, our friends greet you also. And would you greet those guys there that that know me, those friends, greet them too? You see, there's that relationship that's spilled into those that they know, and they know that they know, and they're friends with it. You know, usually if you have somebody that's really special in your life, somebody that's really close, those other people that you know, they're going to know that relationship. They're going to know, man, that's, that's, it. that's his best friend, man. That's, that's her best friend, man. You see them all the time. They're encouraging. Never heard them speak a word against each other, even though every once in a while one of them will do something stupid. They still love each other. They still care about each other. I mean, I'm just being honest, right? I mean, that's what friendship is, is you, you love me through my stupidity. And so you, we, we see that, and, and I see it. Man, our friends greet you, and, hey, greet the friends. by by name. John, I think, knew a lot of folks there that Gaius knew. Gaius knew a lot of folks that, that John knew. And in their relationship, it just kind of spilled over to others. Oh, that our lives would be that way. Oh, that we in Christ could develop those kinds of relationships with the people around us. Because guys, there's nothing better than knowing that somebody is there for you. Somebody is strengthening and encouraging you. Nothing better than knowing that, man, because of the words that he spoke in my life, I'm where I'm at now. Because of the words and the actions that she did years ago, that's where I'm at right now. Take the opportunity this week. Man, send off a card, send off a letter, a text message, a call, email, whatever it is. If you can find some of those people that administered to your life, shoot a word of encouragement to them in order that God would get the glory, not man's glory, but God get the glory for what they've done in serving Him. Open our hearts. Us from by the open
0: word. Thanks for joining Pastor David today to study the letters of the Apostle John here on The Open Word. Though our program will come to an end today, Your time in God's Word can continue uninterrupted. In fact, we encourage you to study today's passage on your own and ask the Holy Spirit to speak through what you read. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor David, you can find them at theopenword.com. We'd love to meet you, too. If you're in the Casa Grande area, please join us Saturday, Sunday, or Wednesday for our weekly gatherings at Calvary Chapel Casa Grande. You'll find service times and directions by clicking the church link at theopenword.com. Before our time is up with you today, We'd like to turn it back over to Pastor David for a quick request for you, our listener.
1: Thanks, Chris. You know, as this ministry continues to grow and reach further into the community with the message of the gospel, I know the enemy wants to stop it. I also know that prayer is a big part of holding him back. Would you take time to pray for us every time you tune in to the Open Word? Pray, too, for our listeners, your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and those who may have yet to place their faith in Jesus. This last category especially need prayer. It could be that the next message you hear may be the first time they're learning about the hope that's only found in Jesus. Please pray that their hearts will be open and that they'd make a decision to follow Jesus forever. Thank you for praying and thank you for being a listener to The Open Word. It's home.